This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Uh, the only thing I can think of right now... Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> is the... Say your name, all right? <laughs> uh, hello. This is Jesse. And the tallest peak east of the Rockies and west of the Alps is Harney's Peak in the Black Hills. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. I've been wait, there's wait, wait. nothing uh, to do with our topic today, but I've been to the top of it. Ooh, nice. Yeah. How tall is it? Uh, nine thousand. Ooh, yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. We're gonna have a wonderful episode today. <laughs> Not about the Black Hills, but it's always an interesting yeah. fact to learn about Jesse <laughs> and his past. Yeah. Just. You know, I've I've been places. I've seen things. Yeah. Uh, today I was in a creek bed and found a gun. Uh, oh. Yeah, but it was a Nerf gun, so oh. I didn't oh. feel too bad. <laughs> um, well, that would be uh, potentially a crick, not a creek. Oh, that's true. It yeah, probably was not. a crick. That's and it's sad. funny. My, <laughs> my sister called me out on that. I was like, oh, I got I have to uh, work in a creek tomorrow in in Wilmington. She's like, you mean a crick? And I'm like, oh, it's in, it's in Delaware, so it's a creek. <laughs> well, the the best uh, definition that I've ever heard. This is nothing to do with our topic, by the way, but <laughs> fun, fun, fun life facts that you learn here on the Geology Flannel Cast. Uh, the definition, or uh, the difference between a creek and a crick, is that a crick you can find like automotive parts inside of it. Yeah, creek is more pristine. It's the amount of automotive parts you hit a threshold. Yeah. I mean, like, what would that threshold be? Like, if you find a battery, a car battery yeah. inside, that's a crick for sure. But if you find like a windshield wiper blade, uh, yeah, I could, you know, yeah. you, you find a, you know, 79 Ford Pinto intact. <laughs> crick. That's a crick. That's, that's a crick. Yeah. yeah. That's a crick. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a Philly accent thing. Crick. crick. Ah. Yeah, we had, I mean, we had cricks where I grew up. Oh, did you? Nice. Yeah, we also had... Um, but you grew up like an hour and a half away from Philadelphia. Too. That's true. But, yeah. you know, my... It's my, different. It's a different my, accent. My dad's family's from Erie. And we used to say, like, there was a Harbor Creek. Like, that's the actual name, but we used to call it Harbor Creek. And I don't know if that was just me saying it or if that's actually how they said it. So... um. But well, yeah, so what are, what are we talking about? Are we talking about cricks and creeks and the Black Hills? Uh, we will no. be talking about none of that stuff. That we're just <laughs> we're just getting the listeners warmed up, right? Just you know. and and by the way, uh, thank you to all our patrons out there who are listening because uh, we also started about forty minutes late because we were just kibitzing, <laughs> talking about all kinds of stuff. So. <laughs> Everything from Amelia Bedelia to <laughs> Ed Poet Society. Yeah, I mean, if this doesn't sell you on a Patreon, <laughs> right? No, what will? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. All right. All right. Let's get down to business, gentlemen. 
The topic of today's podcast is the late Devonian mass extinction. What a killer topic. Kyle, is that a pun? (laughs) A little bit. How long were you sitting on that one for? Uh, At least 15 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, you probably see my eyes light up. Um, All right. So this is a... uh, this is an interesting one. And I don't think, I think the, the Vodian mass extinction event uh, doesn't get the, uh, the, the recognition that it deserves. Cause after doing some research on this, this is really, really interesting. It's like, it's for, at least for me, historically, like, I, it's been one that I've always just kind of glanced over like, okay, a bunch of stuff dies. Like, you know, next, well, you know, it, <laughs> it has, it has the unfortunate uh, uh, placement of, it's not far from Permian and the end Permian was like, you know, the bee's knees when it comes to extinction events, the big one. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you, you know, you talk about all these extinction events and obviously pretty much every single period on the, the uh, geologic timescale is punctuated by some sort of dying off of something. Uh, however, the Devonian is a pretty significant one. I mean, lots of stuff changed. So let's just uh, for in case listeners out there don't know what the Devonian period is. The Devonian period lasted uh, from 419 million years ago to 358 million years ago. Just to give people a, a time frame. So the stuff that we're going to be looking at, actually, we're going to be <laughs> the this this ex- extinction event. Actually, some people have actually throwing this out that it might be as much as like 10 pulses of like of extinctions yeah of extinction <laughs> events kind of all lumped up into one conglomerate of an extinction event I well in this uh, this sort of i feel like we could get into a little philosophical discussion about how do you define an extinction event if mm. it's you know if you're you know event to me is like a punctuated, punctuated yeah. yeah versus if it's a span of time like all right things 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 die and things evolve and that's life literally uh <clears throat> so so how do you define these things i mean yeah you got you gotta, I think it's the go ahead, massive biodiversity no i was just gonna say i think I think, and we'll talk about this. It's just a lot of the massive biodiversity, the turnover. I think is the big thing here. But I just always think it's interesting, and maybe that's part of the reason the Devonian, because it's number two in terms of things that die, right? In in terms of uh, the, pretty, the the Devonian ones compared uh, in terms of like percentage of stuff that dies, it's it's compared to the. Um, uh, and Cretaceous or the uh, the KT event, which is a pretty big one too. That was a big yeah. one too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess they're all big because that's why we call them mass extinctions. Uh, well, there's one that's like the biggest, and the Permian, the, the Permian. Yeah, yeah. The, and, and then Permian. That's like that's like the golden standard for your your mass extinction. You know. Yeah, yeah it was what ninety five percent of all marine life died. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, up there. Yeah. Like, guess, yeah, yeah. You're trying to kill something. 
Yeah. I mean, that's as, that one is as close as you can get to mother nature, like pressing the restart button on life in the <laughs> oceans. Like, yeah, it is that, that was, that was a really bad one. Yeah. But, and, our, and, and I think that there's, there's a through line here in terms of, I mean, aside from the KT, our understanding of these other events, because there's five major extinction events, right? No, say it. Or, you, ta- you, ta- you taught me this acronym, <laughs> yeah. and I've never forgotten it. Ordovician, Devonian, Permian, Triassic, and Cretaceous. And what does that stand for? So it's O-D-P-T-C. Oh, dude, Pete tried crack. <laughs> like, that's that's. I've the, never you forgotten You came up with it. that? Uh, I feel like. Did you have a friend that came up with that? I feel like, yeah, someone told me. That. I don't think that's. <laughs> but Jesse told me that. I'm like, oh, man, I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah. dude, Pete tried crack. <laughs> it's like you, <laughs> you see your buddy Pete trying crack at a party yeah. or something. You're like, oh, dude. <laughs> But that's, I'll tell you, that's it's those stupid like those stupid little sentences what are they called those uh like when you make a sentence for like the mnemonic mnemonic yeah, yeah whatever those things will get stuck in your head and yeah so if you're listening to this episode you will probably never forget the yeah the oh minutes. dude p tried crack <laughs> that's it that's it so um all right so let's uh let's get into the nitty-gritty of this uh the late devonian extinction because like jesse's right i i I erroneously said event in the uh, in the beginning of the uh, the podcast, and I should. Well, have. Uh, yeah, no, it's I don't care. I don't care about semantics. Are you offended right now? <laughs> no, I don't care about semantics. I I just think I think it's an interesting because like we we've done research in the Devonian and like and we can when we get in the nitty gritty, we'll see here like there are two distinct events in the rock record that define the late Devonian during this extinction um, that I sort of bracket it. And, you know, do you just connect those points and you say everything from point A to point B is part of that singular event or could you split them up? Depends, I guess, if you're a lumper or a splitter. Yeah. But you also have to recognize the fact that this is like a third of a billion years ago. Like the further you go back in time, the shadier your evidence gets like it's it's so much harder to pinpoint things because your evidence is so old yeah you get the veil of time yeah descends and i think the point i was trying to make here before pete tried crack um (laughs) was that you know aside from the kt the, the cretaceous sorry whatever we call it now pg kpg boundary uh does not i still call it the kt yeah because the kt just it comes the kt yeah yeah. the the, the kpg doesn't roll off listen like the the kt does kids you gotta (laughs) evolve it's the kpg just get over it um where there's going to be like that one the one old head at the conferences like having the poster about you know plate tectonics isn't real (laughs) (laughs) were you at the conference where the where the person had the poster about play tectonics being driven by tides like going old school Wegener. no <laughs> yeah i was you've told me this story it was, uh, yeah, it was like and it was like oh was this the guy that had i don't know if this is like, it all by like, hand and it was just pieces of paper stapled yeah. to the 
that I've seen those. Uh, one was all about a poems about a uh, uh, Boulder Field. Well, that's kind of nice. Oh. Yeah, in Hickory Run State Park in Pennsylvania. I'd, yeah. I'd rather that than yeah have some crank try and tell me that it's tides. Um, anyway, that is, that with, is old school. <laughs> with the K, with the, K, with the KT, it, you know, we have a distinct sort of trigger to the event. Yep. The other four, eh, you know, yep. you could make a case and many, and we'll talk about um, possible triggers or multiple triggers for. Well, even there is still some people out there that are trying to make the, the case for the, for the KT. Yeah. Good luck. Not being singular in. Well, yeah. Cause. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of on board with that because you have the Deccan traps. But come on. The big rock hit. Yeah. Cost Set the world on fire. Yeah. yeah. Drops yeah. the acid rain, a little bit. Of and, and there's lot, lots of papers coming out recently saying like dinosaurs were thriving. Yeah. Because there's, there's, you know, previously it was like, oh, they were on their decline and they, they were already dying anyway. And this is yeah, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. But yeah. recently there's been a lot more papers saying like, nope, nope. They, were doing they were fine. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. And then the world was, caught on fire. Yeah. It was a couple just, of them were kind of on the decline. Like, like, I think, uh, was it? But that could be evolutionarily perhaps, wise. Like, yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that was part of it. Like, yeah, and that's part of the problem with the further back in time you go, we have such limited evidence. Mm-hmm. So, so you're studying one species that's alive at that time. Well, if it's on the decline, if it's heading towards extinction just naturally, you're going to be biased when you see this extinction event and be like, well, the species was getting pretty sickly and dying off. Yeah. But that's just sort of. And it's funny, like a lot of our time period from our geologic time scale comes from these things called conodonts and the conodont zones. They're, they're these little tiny fossil things and, and they evolved over time and, and it becomes like a great indicator because you could see that evolution over time. I don't even think they know what conodonts are. They fair. They're like, yeah, they they're like the teeth of something or like, or like worm like things. Yeah, but yeah. but it's funny. Like they they knew about these conodonts and these different zones for a long long time, but they didn't know where they came from. Yeah, that's like uh, graptolites. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or scolithos or yeah. What's uh stromatoporoids? Yeah, are they sponges? Are they, you know, like brachypod or um, bryozoa? Who knows? Yep. Well, to go back to conodonts real fast, I don't know why we're going off on conodonts here, but uh, <laughs> I'm just talking about def- defining different time zones. And, and no, no, no. But conodonts are an extinct group of jawless vertebrates that uh, resemble eels. So I'm looking at they kind of look like tapeworms, to tell you the truth. Then what? What is the fossilized hard part? It's like the jaw. Did you just say jawless? Oh, <laughs> you really? Oh, gotcha. Real gotcha question right there. For many years, they were known only from their tooth-like oral yeah. elements. Yeah, because they're like little triangles, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're like they're or like cones teeth. or something. Yeah. 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 I guess a triangle in three. Not doesn't have a jaw, but they got some teeth in there. I, I'm not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's not very straightforward. So it's um yeah. It's an eel without a jaw that just has a tooth coming out. Old bitey. 
old buddy. Old buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the the yeah. point is like like even from like the the mid to late Devonian to the end Permian, you're talking, you know, o- over a hundred million years. So like, there's a hundred million years of of uh, evidence being erased just from this one one major extinction to an, another major extinction. Yeah. Yeah. A lot has, a lot has happened. <clears throat> Supercontinent here, or there, like, yeah. Some erogenies. Things go up, things go down. And, uh, major land plants start to take root. Well, Arca- yeah. Archoptrix. I think we're going to get into that with the Devonian. Here, yeah. Right? So let's, let's, let's jump into the, the Devonian here. And, uh, so in terms of this uh, extinction at, towards the end of the Devonian, there's two major events that occurred. Like I said, th- some people uh, throw it out that there could have been as many as like 10 extinction events kind of all lumped up. And this thing could have been going on for like 25 million years. So this is not going to be like, like, like what Jesse was saying earlier about your simple like a uh, big rock, big seven mile wide rock hit the hit the ground and off the Yucatan Peninsula, everything dies. Cool. All right. Next. Like this one's one of the more complicated ones. So yeah. Or even like the Siberian traps and, or the Deccan traps and the, the Chicxulub impact, like the one, two punch. This is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up to 25 punch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is, this is the, uh, so there, there's a, there's two main events. So the first one, the earliest one is the, Kelwasser event, and this occurred about uh, 372 million years ago, and uh, so it's, what- it's uh, it was first detected in uh, Germany, so it's probably Kelwasser. Kelwasser, okay. yeah, and Which then means something water, right? Kel, what I don't know what Kel is. Uh, Kelwasser. I, I mean. Yeah, just um, um, my German is failing me here. I think it comes from a, a, a rock formation, I believe. Well, it's yeah, like a Kelvaser formation, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so that occurs first, and the second one that uh, so that was about three hundred seventy-two million years ago. I forget if I said that or not. And the second one was the uh, Hangenberg event, and so that's like basically like right at the boundary between the end of the Devonian period and the start of the Carboniferous period. It's about 358 million years ago. Um, And that was kind of like, that was like the last spike of this series of extinction pulses, I guess we could say, I guess you can't go wrong with like saying that. So the first one to jump into this, the, the Kel, the, if uh, Kel Vosser, if that's the, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that occurred mostly in marine animal or you know in the marine realm and uh the the latter one the hagenberg event that was more that was also um within freshwater that that was like pretty much everything got some terrestrial stuff in there and it got um marine and and freshwater uh life as well yeah, so the the Kelwasser Kelvasser 
occurs um, at the the boundary of the the Fr- Franzian and Fomenian stages of the Devonian. So it's sometimes called the FF uh, event or the FF boundary. Um, just at, in a fun fact, uh, and it, it it it's the first. I think you mentioned this. It's the first. It was the first real event or the first way we used marine biostratigraphy to to map this event. You can see these just this big marine die off. Um, for both of them, the one of the things that we see in this this marine die off are these or the uh, one of the ways they're they're you know trying to figure out what happened with this die off is in the actual rock formation that hosts the fossils itself. So it's made of black shale. So yeah. black shale is hinting at anoxic conditions. Yeah. So, so the, there's not enough oxygen. The entire ocean just gets sucked to oxi- out of oxygen. It's like, um, you ever see the movie Spaceballs? Classic. <clears throat> where the big robot has the, the vacuum cleaner sucking oxygen from the planet. That's what happened to the ocean. That's at least, you know, what I picture. And you know what? Prove me wrong. You yeah. weren't there. Cans of Perrier. Yeah. Yeah. So the, but it's, it's right. The anoxia. So you have all this black shale, which, which, you know, you're going to get these organic rich um, shales. Um, and, and normally they, you know, bacteria and things would, would break them down, but there's very little oxygen. <clears throat> if there's very little oxygen, you're not going to have that, that decomposition. And so it's going to get preserved as organic rich shales at the bottom of, of, of the water. So, yeah. So I guess let's, uh, so let's talk about, so let's talk about this, uh, the the first of those uh of these events and uh what 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 could have caused these things so if you get in these anoxic events the f- people always tend to point at volcanoes first yeah well it's, a, it's sort of the easiest explanation it's, it's, yeah yeah, yeah. that or hot spots am hot, i right well what is a hot spot but well, just a volcano <laughs> uh, so in terms of uh you know in terms of, of volcanism around this time, uh, we have the in let's see, it's in in Siberia. We have these Veloy traps that could have, uh, you know, it's it's nothing like as ex- like, as extensive as what we said with like the the um, the the volcanism that's associated with the end Permian mass extinction event, but which is also have, in Siberia. Which Siberia. is also yeah yeah really Siberia. thanks a lot Russia. So really making trouble. Russia representing with the volcanoes right there. So the Voloi traps, they don't, it doesn't compare to uh, the the volcanism that we saw at the end Permian. But, uh, you know, there's some hypotheses out there that, that, uh, that point towards also mercury poisoning as a result of the, the volcanic activity there. Um, also, during this time, there was an asteroid impact that slammed into Earth, and uh, 
enough with the asteroids well these are like the this is what everyone's looking for like with the you know the mass extinction stuff this is like when you talk you want to talk about like the usual suspects yeah like this this is this is it you know what are what's i guess when you, when you try to number one we've said this before with when we're talking about mass extinction events but to figure out what killed off this much life is extremely difficult you know because is it is there one smoking gun is there multiple smoking guns which which mechanism was more was there one that was more important than the other one were there multiple things occurring you know and it's just like it gets it gets tricky this is not this this one is not a easy clear cut uh you know explanation like like you said like, like the kt um mass yeah. so this one is called uh the Silgen crater this uh, i guess the the Silgen impact and uh but anyways that that happens during during this time as well so um in terms of the the second pulse then of the uh the the hangenberg event well just or, uh, sorry i don't want to oh. i was just gonna say the mercury poisoning thing from volcanoes um <clears throat> it, it, it's sort of it's sort of a popular idea right now it was um just last year there was a study that was out that was looking at <clears throat> mercury from um the siberian traps during the permian extinction as part of um <clears throat> The reason for the, the the Permian extinction was was mercury poisoning, because hmm. I mean it, mercury is uh, su- super toxic, um, and it's you know it's it's toxic to both land animals and marine creatures, um, and and so if if you, I guess if your magma chamber is spiked with mercury, it, and then it erupts, that would be bad spraying it out so i mean just from the the permian extinction i don't have numbers off of the devonian here but that study from last year found uh, mercury levels 400 to 500 times the normal background level wow yeah that's yeah that'll and here's a not just a nice health and safety fact if you uh, have a thermostat with mercury in it uh dispose of it properly don't play with it. Don't drink it. Don't drink it. Well, definitely yeah. don't drink it. But like, so mercury in vapor form is way more dangerous than mercury in liquid right. form. But you know, like my dad said, like yeah, they used to like play with it, put it in their hand, and like, oh look, it's metal rolling around in my hand. I'm like, yeah, that metal is vaporizing because your hand is warm and you're breathing in those mercury vapors. Yeah. You're going to become a mad hatter. <laughs> so. And that's where the term Mad Hatter came from because they used to use mercury in the tanning of hats. Yeah, it would haberdasheries. It was good for defelting the pelts, right? Yeah. So that, but breathing in all those vapors would literally, if you were a haberdasher, you essentially, eventually just went insane. Pretty. I mean, making hats all day. Yeah. Mercury, no mercury, you're going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to, to the hat makers 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, they, they let them switch it up. You know, okay, this week we're making cowboy hats. Next I don't know. There week, is yeah. a there Derby. is a Stetson University, and I think they're called the Hatters. Oh, um, the town right north of me is Hatboro, and I think they're called the Hatters too. Yeah, and if their town sign is little top hats. Nice. Yeah, it was named after the hat factory that was there. Cool. So. Anyway, so, what what were we talking about? Uh, mercury poison. Mercury poison. We're talking about different ways that uh, we different killed off everything. Different kill mechanisms. Yeah, for that for that first wave of of death, basically, or the uh, the the largest of the there's a lot of waves of death, but the the, the largest of the first. Does that make sense? I want to talk about this uh, the Sildjian uh, impact event. Uh, so this is in central Sweden and. I'm looking at some images of this thing now, and you can see it's it's got a like a, a ring of of lakes, or it's just you know yeah a ring of lakes kind of you can see kind of the out uh, the outline of the crater from satellite photography. Uh, it's one of the fifteen the top fifteen largest uh, impact craters on Earth. Oh yeah, you you can wow. see that crater. Look at that. Yeah, it's uh, the largest. Uh, it's largest crater in Europe. Yeah. Diameters about 32 miles. The other website Central, I read said 40. So somewhere Central, in that vicinity. Where is it? Central, where is it? Sweden? Yeah, Central Sweden. Sweden. Hmm. Cool. Uh yeah, so that that kind of lines up with the, the Kelvasser event. Huh. So interesting. All right, I take back what I said about always trying to blame things on these boloids. Yeah, well, but if you think about it, what's what's the easiest way to kill off everything? An impact event. Hmm. I was gonna say spitting mercury. Uh, or, I don't know. What if like, you're spitting mercury and there's an impact event at the same yeah. time? What if the asteroid is made of mercury? Right. I oh. guess that's like being <laughs> sh- shot with arrows while you're being shot with a machine gun, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough, tough to come back from that one. Talk about <laughs> killing two fish with one stone. <laughs> All right. See what Thank I did you, there? Steve. That was yeah, I, I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> fish hadn't evolved or birds hadn't evolved yet. That's yes. I tried to make it scientific topical yeah i was making it (laughs) topical to the devonian yeah i don't want to give you false (laughs) false facts here (laughs) so some of the life uh from this uh the the first uh the kilvasser event some of the life that was hit the hardest were brachiopods trilobites and nearly all reef building organisms were completely taken out not all of them but nearly all of them uh were like completely taken out by by this event so yeah anoxia uh possibly triggered by oh also there's global cooling going on during this time well that yeah so there there's major there's major there's a major glaciation that that takes place but just back to the the reef builders Mm -hmm. so when i just when you think of reefs today the, the major framework organism building those reefs is coral. But that's not always, that hasn't been the case through history. The, the framework organism has changed through time, depending on what the dominant organism was. And at the end of the Devonian, 
It was not coral. It was stromatoporoids that we mm. were just talking about earlier. So these, you know, things that they're not sure if they're more, if they're a sponge or if they're more like, um, like a, a echinoderm sort of organism. Just the, the way they, they fossilize leaves. They sort of look like um, um, stromatolites. So they don't know if they're algal in nature. Stromatoporids are really interesting, you know, as far as, you know, a simple celled invertebrate can get. But hey, they were reef builders. They were, they were, they were know. the, they were the dominant reef builder. Yeah. Until this event. And then, they were replaced with a uh, bryozoa. Ah, good old, good old friend of the podcast, bryozoa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't want to take, but you know, to have so stromatoporoid, it 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 the endivonian actually kills them off. This is where they go extinct. So they're one of the victims. But to have a good framework for your coral, you know. Or it's just really interesting. I feel like sometimes people don't think about um, how how reefs have changed through time. Like coral is, you think of coral reefs today, mm-hmm. but much like reefs, you need a good framework or a good outline. You do need a good outline. That is a wonderful segue to our wonderful sponsor, which is the Formatic Formula. Better segue than last week, I will say. How dare you? Uh, I want to say thank you to the formatting formula, uh, www.formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your word document formatting needs. Anything from uh, just here, here's my stuff, fix it to you can go to YouTube and figure out how to fix it yourself. So they've done theses to regulatory documents to uh, pretty much I don't know. Everything I've asked them to fix, they've fixed it. So I'm pretty sure they're just word wizards. So I'd like to say once again, thank you to our wonderful sponsor, formattingformula.com for your wonderful support. And if anybody out there is thinking about using them, please make sure you tell them that the geology flannel cast sent you. Again, that's formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your word document formatting needs. So we're, uh, thank you, Steve. Yeah. We were talking about, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about just stuff dying. Let's talk about another thing that died off. Uh, placoderms. Ah, not to elephants. Yeah. No, no, not, (laughs) Not to be confused with pachyderms, uh, plachyoderms, and these are these uh, these armored fish, and um, yeah, like pictures of these things are gnarly. They're like tanks. It's yeah, like, it's they have like plates uh, all over their body. And, and uh, I know th- I know there's somewhat artist renderings because there's not like a like. Well, I'm looking at the fossils, and yeah, these things yeah. are tanks. So they're. Goodness. I don't know how they died. <laughs> like what killed them? Yeah, what we <laughs> God bless. Whatever killed them was it must have been something 
worthy enough. Yeah, so they were jawed. They were yeah. the first jawed fish. They were the first jawed fish, and their throat and the jaw was armored. <clears throat> the rest of them the was throat, like they're inside their throat. I don't know. Uh, no, I think it was just the outside. Oh, but, okay, okay. But they then they had, uh, they think they had um, what's it called scales uh, through mm-hmm. the rest of them, but um, yeah, some of them, they they've got fossils, you know, up to thirty feet long, like. Yeah. Just, that's like a I don't know like a they, blue whale like a yeah like a, a fish the size of a school bus yeah just well, and yeah. these things were armored and terrifying looking it's, uh, absolutely terrifying yeah and I tell you what I, God bless paleontologists because I've been I've been out at Devonian outcrops before with paleontologists and you know, you're, you're looking at stuff and you're like, oh man, this is really interesting. And they're like, oh yeah, look at that. I'm like, what? They're like, there's a fish scale. There's a fish scale. There's a fish scale. There's a fish scale. And I'm like, what? like, they're just, yeah. you know, <laughs> little triangles in the rock. They're like, yeah, these are all fossils. Like, Holy cow. Yeah. You got an eye for, you know, it's once you, once you train your eye, you know, you yeah. know what to look for. Um, so they didn't, uh, they actually didn't become extinct until the second pulse, uh, the, the Hagen, Hagenberg event later, you know, that we're going to into in a, in a couple minutes here, but they were hit pretty hard with this, with the, um, with this first pulse. And so this, this is the case where like the first one sort of knocks them down to the mat. And so they're dying. And the second one wipes them out. Yeah. When we are talking about like the one, saying, two punch, people saying dinosaurs were on their way. Like this is, this is similar. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, also, interestingly enough, uh, the other other jawed vertebrates weren't nearly as impacted as the, the placoderms were. So something was going on, and these guys are just... That was it. Exit stage well, left. And, that, and this might be the case where, like, yeah. So they're, the, you know when you have this anoxia in the ocean <clears throat> marine life is really attuned to the the chemistry of the water you know the temperature and the the ph and and all the factors and it might be a situation for whatever caused this anoxia the the other jawed f- fish or whatever the and the marine ver- invertebrates and the marine vertebrates that survive the survivors are the ones that could handle sort of these extreme changes and the ones that died off obviously yeah who, who so knew? couldn't because they're dead now yeah what, whatever you know whatever the conditions were in the ocean maybe it ate away their armor or or made it yeah improbable for them to make the armor or or you know whatever you know whatever the conditions may be but it it changed the ocean density and they sank. That's, that, <laughs> that, that, that really, did not happen. That would be really <laughs> cool, though. Just for those of you out there, that did not happen. All right. I got a, uh, Jesse, I told you I got some uh, fun facts about trilobites. Ooh, you did mention that. Leading up to this. So uh, leading up to the Kelvasser event, the first of the two that we're going to talk about, trilobites started evolving smaller eyes leading up to this and that leaves huh. leads uh, paleontologists to believe that 
something was going on where the trilobites weren't didn't need to be so dependent on vision and they think that there's something going on with, like clouding up the water huh and really then interesting yeah yeah something something with turbidity you know increasing turbidity because the 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 trilobites they couldn't see anything but the, you know, it's all hypothesized obviously but their eyes were getting smaller leading up to that the, the Kelvasser event and then the other thing is that um the on on their basically on their on their heads uh on the, on the rims of their heads uh they started the rims started of their heads started expanding following this event and there's uh they believe that this portion of the trilobite was involved or basically had to do with respiration and breathing and so as as this organ got bigger they were trying to breathe more efficiently so I think it might have been affected by the anoxic event. So basically the trial bite heads got bigger, trying to breathe more efficiently. Interesting. I mean, there is there's sort of a <clears throat> controversial that's you know, I'll touch the topics that no one else will touch. <laughs> the theory that um the the sort of the evolution of of bigger eyes and the growth of eyes led to was the the precipitating factor for life evolving onto land because this is when we see life moving onto land and so there was a study out a couple of years ago and uh i'm gonna say this study was eh, you know it's an interesting idea meh. just meh. It's, it's an interesting idea uh eh, uh but the idea is that with larger eyes, um, <clears throat> when you evolve these larger eyes, your vision is better on land. Mm -hmm. and so you can see things better. And so you can see food to eat on mm -hmm. land easier than you can underwater. And so that was part of the reason some of these animals made made the move and, and evolved to live on land so it's interesting yeah. you see in trilobites this their eyes getting smaller yeah eyes getting smaller this, i don't know if it makes it easier for them to see underwater but uh i i heard that the reason like our eyes still the reason that we have to have tears and we have to keep our eyeballs moist is is a leftover effect from when vision evolved underwater. Huh. That's interesting. And yeah. Vision never real like that. So it, it's, it never really figured out a, like you always had to keep the eyeballs wet, never really figure out a way, you know, coming on land. Yeah. To have dry eyes. It's interesting. Yeah. Like we still don't have a really firm grasp on why we cry. Oh, or what causes you know what the purpose of crying is it hurts it, it, well you know love hurts <laughs> yeah that's but yeah i so, I, so I, I was getting stung by bees i got stung by a bee the other day oh man yeah yeah I, my hand not, swelled up for like ooh. days are you allergic i didn't I think so it. i might well, be as long as your throat didn't swell up yeah no um you guys know how much uh how much brain power your vision takes up it all of it 120 percent <laughs> um now like 20 percent of your of uh, it 
vision takes up like 20% of your brain power. Wow. That's crazy. But I, I guess it makes sense. Like you're processing. I, I just heard something the other day and it was like, now, is that a real number or is that just like you have five senses? So they divided by five. No, well, I, I would see numbers. There's also numbers that say it takes up as much as 60% of the brain power, but um, the more conservative estimates are like, like 20% of brain power for vision. Isn't it yeah. something like, I, I heard something the other day. This is, you know, this is where you get into treacherous territory when you're like, I heard something. And so yeah. here I am going to give you a number. Well, we're going to fact check this. You got, But it's you know, like so. um, your eyes take in or process like th- they can do something like, it's something insane, like 5 million megapixels, but, uh, but like you can only process so much in your brain. Yeah. Like every, every, you think about, you look around and every second, every fraction of a second, your eyes are taking all this information. And so your brain has to process it and, and not only discern what you're looking at, but discern like, and it's, it's the reason when you turn, your the the picture is there is because your brain sort of fills all that in like yeah and no but, but your brain was- also is a really good at picking up motion because it kind of takes that picture and has that picture in your brain and then it knows what that picture is and it it doesn't really pick up anything until that picture changes so like yeah, like if you're sitting in your living room and all of a sudden a mouse runs across your floor like you could be sitting in your living room, not even really paying attention. But as soon as that picture changes, you notice that mouse. It's, it's so filling, filling in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Your eyes, your eyes have can see your eyes are equivalent to a camera that has 576 megapixels. Oh, I was off with 5 million. Few yeah. You're off by a couple of million there, but just, just wanted to set the fact there. What is the, uh, what is the new eye? Uh, you, you, you might have been right. If you said pixels, Jesse. That's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. The mega versus pixels. The iPhone 12. Let's see. I'm trying to see how many. The iPhone 12. Let's get into the latest iPhone 13. Oh, iPhone 13. Oh, Come on, buddy. The 12 is 12 megapixels. Uh, Let's not date ourselves already. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. We're hip. Uh, the the 13, iPhone 12 only has 12 megapixels. The 13 has uh, 12 megapixels as well. I feel like that's low. I don't know what to tell you. I, mean, I feel like the, the I feel like two years ago that would have been like inconceivable, but I don't think it matters so much the megapixels. I've been told the megapixels don't matter so much. Well, it has anymore. to do with the processor and the yeah. and the and the uh, software that that like yeah touches it up. So anyway, back to the yeah. <laughs> Devonian period. Devonian. We should uh we should move on to the second wave of death. Anything else with that the first? Kelvaster event. I mean, it was a big deal. Was that the Fran- Franzian? Yeah. So this Franzian is the FF, fair, the FF um, boundary. Yeah. So now Feminian. we're going into the Feminian. I will say one thing that you see at the FF, and again, the veil of of time. And I love and, it. The veil of time. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I'd never heard of that before. Uh, um, is with the one anoxic event, you see a sea level rise. Mm, I wanted to talk about that because there's also uh, something, one of the sources we stated said it was getting colder. Well, so in the Hangenberger, you're going to, the Hang, 
That's the one where the next older, one right? you're, you're Hangenberg, you're going to see a glaciation. So, well, the other thing with that is let's, uh, I was, when I was reviewing this stuff, that was the one criticism that I had. Cause I've, I've heard that when you get periods. Okay. So during glacial periods, carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide plummets and oxygen spikes up and the oceans absorb more oxygen during glacial periods so wouldn't it be yeah. harder to get an anoxic event during glaciations um so well, no so I, yeah, yeah. Carry I, was, on. I, I was gonna say i don't i don't know necessarily about any of that um so i'm just gonna ignore it one of the things with the glaciation <laughs> Uh, Sorry, they're laughing at me because I almost did a spit take. But I on. almost did a spit take too. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse almost had a double whammy right there. That would have been amazing. Um, with a glaciation, and, and it's a pretty big glaciation, and and you have, you know, I, I, the plate tectonic. I'm I'm just trying to see here real real quick. Um, the, when you reconstruct the plate tectonics, the glaciation really affects a lot of the co- coastal areas. Um, so it, it really affects how oceans circulate. And so if you if you mess up ocean circulation, you can cause the water to stagnate, which can lead to ah an- yeah, anoxic mm. events. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. Like think think of a, 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 a isolated pond that's cut off. You get. I will, I will think about that. You get anoxic events. You know, essentially, yeah. you get that swampy backwater like nastiness. Yeah. Every. Every uh, every winter when it freezes over, um, so the yeah so at this dur- during the Devonian. Um, just sort of qu- quickly, um, <clears throat> this is the time of, of Gondwana mm-hmm. and reunite Gondwana land. And, um, you start docking over Antarctica at, at this time, or, or sorry, you dock over the South pole. Antarctica is part of Gondwana. Um, and that, that's one of the reasons you have, you know, this major glacial event is because that's where, where the, the land where is. Where the continents are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everything's, everything's kind of and where, so there, you, where there's no sun. And so you think about, I mean, think about where life in the ocean is today. It's near the land, you know, something like. Uh, it's like a ridiculous number of life in the ocean is uh, on the on the continental shelf. Yeah, it's like 70 to 90 percent of all marine life. And yet, so you have to have the marine life is going to hang out in shallow water. Because yeah. the the basis of the food chain is plant life, and that's going to need light, you know, light for, and photosynthesis. That's, I mean, deep water. The deep marine is is basically a desert. It's a barren wasteland, and it's part of the part of the reason, like <clears throat> these old stories of people getting shipwrecked or, or being set adrift in little boats, like you know, these whaling ships from the nineteenth century. Um, even if they did have like a fishing line or something, 
they could still starve because there's just nothing out there in the deep sea. Anyway. Way to bring us down, buddy. Yeah. Well, I didn't. (laughs) We were talking about mass extinctions. Now you're really depressed us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't even start talking (laughs) about Nobody gets out of this podcast alive, basically, is what he's saying. Anyway, we're all going to (laughs) die. Cool. Uh, So let's talk about ways. <laughs> Let's talk about ways that you could die from the the Hangingberg event. Yeah, once, you know, once again to reiterate, is that the, right at the boundary between the Devonian Carboniferous period? I like this one. This is a real interesting one. Uh, the ozone layer is hypothesized <laughs> to have been depleted. I saw that. It made yeah, me chuckle. Yeah, yeah. supernovas. Supernovas. Uh, potentially disrupting the ozone layer. Uh, and this isn't just like one of these things like, oh, what if this happened? So there's been supposedly some pollen that's been analyzed and it was it was all all uh, all goofed up, I guess, right? Or how would... What, yeah, all goofed up. Did, that's the technical term. Yeah, that's... <laughs> what, did you guys see that? What they, what they, how they looked at the, the pollen? from uh, uh i i've just a- anecdotally heard about it like how the pollen was analyzed and, uh, and the, uh, like uv light messed up the pollen and the was, ozone layer is thought to be thinner at the time I, yeah okay if, I, I just muted for- myself stop I, I was shouting stop calling it pollen pollen had an involved oh that's true spores spores sorry you're right ah you're right you're right i apologize uh, plant spores. Here it is. Uh, the, it's been found uh, devoting rock samples from mountains in Greenland and the Andes. Um, uh, found they fa- people have found malformed plant spores consistent with DNA damage from UV exposure. So, um, yeah, the one hypothesis has been floated out there was a supernova. So, uh, Ah, or was it just There's a no... bunch of cans of Aquanet burning yeah. holes in the ozone layer? Uh, potentially that, yeah. I mean, the, uh, the 80s hair metal bands actually started in the Devonian yeah. period. Is that so hey. I've got a few issues with this. Yeah, let's. There's a lot of issues with this one because <laughs> I mean, this is off, like this is like one of those like arm wavy ones. Yeah, I mean, spores are pretty resistant. But you're talking about 380 million year old spores. But I've seen some things. <laughs> I've seen so things. Damaged goods. <laughs> they're basing it on malformed plant spores that they're saying are consistent with DNA damage from UV exposure. Well, no, I mean, first off, none of the DNA is there. Anymore. You're not getting DNA. Yeah, but I think they're on. saying the the it's not they weren't looking at the they didn't extract DNA. No, but they're just they, saying it was all the, sort of the deformities, up. you know. But yeah, yeah, but you're I mean, also talking about 300 million year old spores. They could have been, been buried from a million other things. Buried and uplifted and squished. And yeah, I don't know. It seems a little. I like the idea. Of I do. The hypernova, actually... Point it right at the earth and just, you know, uh, bam. Gamma ray city. Talk about. Wrong Wait, does that line up with what does that line up with our dark matter waves? Ooh. Remember, we talked about the dark yeah. matter waves. Yeah, you know what it probably was, swamp gas. Swamp gas. 
So it's probably that's a nice boulder. So it's a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Ghosts Ghosts messing with the spores and the Devonian. Um. Anyway, so there is supposedly a way to check this with uh, plutonium isotopes, but there's no evidence for this right now. Yeah, because plutonium is so abundant. Supposedly, so, well, I, from my research, supposedly somebody's got the data. They just haven't published it yet. Ooh. I like is that his one. name Dr. Emmett L. Brown? TBD. <laughs> yeah. Who? Like you talk to, you're like, I talk to my sources. I, Someone's listen, got it. We are the podcast. We cover the topics yeah, that nobody listen. else dares to cover. I hear you. Uh, but uh, there's there's never been that's that's a fun a fun idea a fun thought experiment and I think the the safe thing to say is it needs more evidence and let's just leave it at that. Yeah, but overall the the but isn't it? Like, well, I'm sorry, to cut you off, Steve. But there was yeah. something we've talked about this in the podcast before. You can look at isotopes of plutonium because plutonium is super rare on Earth. Yeah, and if you do get plutonium. It's from some type of uh, extraterrestrial event, like or or for some supernova, nuclear event from I was gonna, from man well, made nuclear event. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, like maybe the tetrapods had a re- reactor. If yeah. the tetrapods, yeah, we're we're conducting fission. Yeah, that's that's great. Then it's, it's, everything can be explained. Yeah, yeah, could be. But yeah, so the, the Devonian uh, number of species decreased from. Anywhere from seventy to eighty-two percent in the late Devonian, so that's that's pretty huge. I know we talk about the end Permian, which was like a ninety-five percent in the ocean, but uh, you know this is this is no joke. No, um, I think the other thing to talk about is uh, let's talk about plants getting onto the Earth. Or I mean, not onto the earth, onto the <laughs> land, onto the land. Yeah, um, I mean they they kind of started like a little tiny bit in the Ordovician. Yeah. So you, you had some in the Ordovician, but then you really had them taken off in the Devonian, like yeah, the, have, the yeah. actual. That's like when you get like your first legit forests. Like yeah, trees. you have you have a big the the major transition is from non-vascular <clears throat> to vascular plants. There you go. Yeah. Our, Archoptrix, is that correct? Am I pronouncing that correctly, Jesse? Close, close enough. Yeah, it's not Archaeopteryx, which is a yeah. dinosaur. Archaeopteryx, which is a tree. Yeah. So you what from, I would call a tree because I've, a, I've uh, seen gymnosperm. I've, yeah. I've seen fossils of these. Like it looks like a tree trunk. Like it's it's yeah. legit. Looks like it's a tree. A pretty sweet index fossil is what it is. And and so you're going from yeah so non-vascular like mosses and lichen and liverwort hornwort things like that mm-hmm. if you if you know, stuff I've been treated for in high school yeah yeah <laughs> um, to um, to starting out with um, spore bearing like ferns and things like that and our archopteryx arc yeah. And uh, um, what's the other big one? Uh, just blanked on it. Like like hopsid. Yes. Um, so these are these big fern, essentially ferns, 
you're getting, you know, 10, 20 meter high tree like fern plants. They don't produce, they don't look like a normal tree because they don't have bark. They're not producing bark. Um, and they're all spore bearing, but the root system is different and they just sort of explode on the scene. They also need to be near water, right? That's how spores work. Mm -hmm. Um, you need that moisture. However, those root systems are stabilizing the landscape and totally changing the way sediment evolves. (laughs) Like you don't think about a sediment evolving, but all of a sudden sediment is no longer being transported to the ocean as readily they're kind of being stabilized on the landscape by these plants well it's interesting you mentioned that (laughs) is one of the thoughts here is that it it totally changes how sediment runs off into the ocean and um the, the these or these plants have deeper root systems that, that actually, this is sort of an idea that I am personally not sold on, but the idea goes, yeah, the idea goes like this. You have these deeper root systems that, um, uh, lead to some more intense soil formation pedogenesis. They break up, you know, surface material, Mm -hmm. um, and that releases more nutrients, from you know, you create more sediments that have more nutrients. More they're breaking up the rock. It's bio, like bioturbation. Yeah. yeah, you're breaking up the rock, releasing nutrients and minerals that are going to then wash into the waterways that cause massive algal blooms. Which um, algal blooms today we have this problem result mm-hmm. in. Anoxic conditions. Yeah. What happens is you get these algal blooms. There's a tremendous amount of of life there, biomass, and the algal blooms eventually die. And as they die, um, the when they decompose, oxygen is used up, takes up oxygen. So it basically has these decomposing these decomposing algal blooms uh, suck all the oxygen out of the water. Yeah, which would lead us to our anoxic events and it's, it's a negative feedback loop yeah so e- the, the but ocean, even if it was oxygen. cold which normally you get more oxygen into the ocean if you have this other mechanism happening maybe so maybe I, not. I, have a, I have a question about this and i was wondering this as i was i was researching this i don't know if you guys and you guys have have an answer for this but how come if this is such a problem in the Devonian with these with these trees growing these deeper roots, how come we don't have this issue ongoing today? I think because the rest of the ocean evolved to handle it. But that's my short, like one sentence answer. Yeah, uh, nature nature found a way. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, like if you if you have, um, it, yeah, essentially nature will find that equilibrium. If these algal blooms dominate and then kill everything, then then you have a mass extinction event, and then you have something like the Carboniferous, where you just have this like explosion of life. 
where you have all these plants, all these things evolving, all this carbon, you know, growing and being sequestered. Uh, it just, it just evolved to handle it. I don't know. What... Yeah, I'll buy it. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> on to the next topic uh the other <laughs> thing that also uh draws down so that obviously uh i was just well so you get the the continents start quote greening or you start getting these forests taking over the continents these trees are starting to you know suck out carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere uh the other thing that starts to suck out carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere is silicate rocks so um as you know as these uh you know the the root systems are breaking down the rocks your silicate rocks um this is acting you know uh you get this like this like uh cumulative effect and what happens is it looks like during this time period at the very end of the Devonian, your CO2 levels are dropping down. They were about 15 times higher than what they are today. They dropped from 15 times higher than today's standards to about three times higher than your present day levels. Mm. And um, the other thing that we see happening as a result of this with all the CO2 being sucked out of the atmosphere is we get coal deposits, which are, you find these Devonian coal deposits in China. And then there's also oil deposits in the United States that are Devonian age that are uh, related to this, this carbon storage. Hmm. So you, if, if you had a, say you know between the two things that are drawing co2 all of these <clears throat> the explosion of these vascular plants on <clears throat> on earth the greening pulling down co2 pumping out oxygen or <clears throat> silicate weathering which which do you think is more which do you think played a bigger role? Or do you think well, it was just both in conjunction? I think it's an additive effect, but here's here's the question. Oh. Let me take this question you have for me. Let me turn it back around on you. Right. <laughs> yeah, and also Steve too. That, that's a good me. that's a good academic right there. There you go. There that's, you go. That's a very interesting question. All right. <laughs> so we know that the majority the majority of CO2 absorption on Earth today occurs in the oceans. Yes. How much of an effect would these trees have had? for the pull down of CO2 because we still have the oceans. Yeah. Well, we have different life in the oceans though, but yeah, that's a good question. Cause what is the oceans absorb about one third of all CO2 annually, something like that. So what do like, so it's an insane let's amount. See if I can find this number. What percentage today of well, CO2 does, does vegetation? I, absorb? Uh, so I don't know what total percentage, but I can tell you, one third of the net increase or the net addition of, of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is from land use change. So deforestation. Deforestation. 
Say it again. One third of of what was that number again? Of the one, net carbon change. Yeah. The net carbon change. So, uh, you know, of of all the increased carbon in the atmosphere, fossil fuel burning, you know, blah blah blah, a third of that is from deforestation. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> so so a big chunk is coming from you know all of a sudden you you, you know you have the oceans in the land. And they're they're doing their thing forever, and then all of a sudden you you put these things on the land that are going to suck out the CO two. Also, I it's, feel like it's going to have a significant effect. Well, you know, it's really interesting because you know if we think about our most recent ice going into an ice house, so we're in an ice house world right now, which means we have permanent ice sheets on Earth, and we have them in Greenland and Antarctica. Um, we go into that. In, in the Eocene into the Oligocene. So that's like 33 million years ago is when we, we get um, permanent ice on Antarctica. And the, there's two major sort of things that are, there's a, a few things that are happening, but one of the big things <clears throat> is the uplift of the Himalaya mountains, mm-hmm. which are massive silicate weathering. Mm-hmm. The Himalayas. Yeah. And the evolution of C4 plants. Ooh. In terms of so you, things like grass, explosive plants, explosive. Plants. Oh, not that kind of C4. Got it. <laughs> Plastique, as we call <laughs> it in the biz. Uh, but you think you like grasslands and prairie, prairie grasses and, and savannas and things like that evolved during that time. So like it is it is kind of crazy hmm. this this relationship between yeah it's like hand in hand yeah so um the other interesting thing uh steve and i were kind of talking about this before the the podcast started how dare you but the acadian orogeny occurs at the uh towards the end of the the late devonian um or i guess the acadian orogeny occurs during the late devonian so you were saying about the the Himalayans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. So you're getting silicate weathering. You're getting yeah, uh, lots of volcanism too from the Acadian. Uh, just cats and dogs living together, just mass hysteria. <laughs> so uh, that's the thing with this mass extinction event. There is a lot of crap going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's it's. And if you take it at a big chunk, which which is justifiable because it's so long ago, over 300 million years ago, you could say, yeah, this is one big mamma jamba mass extinction. But if you dive deep and dig into it, it's just lots of lots of mass extinctions. <laughs> Essentially, Mother Nature is like, nope, 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 nope. It, yeah, it's kind of like you, you when you. You, you you see something happening, and you're like, "All right, let me let me peel the curtain back here and find out why it's happening." You see eight different things happening behind the curtain, and they all could possibly be part of what you're seeing on the other side of the curtain. Mm-hmm. It's like a big giant game of Clue. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it yeah. was always Professor Plum. Yeah, so or, the, or the, the butler with the candlestick. Yeah, yeah the the butler hitting. 
Hitting the placoderm with a lead pipe <laughs> or a mercury pipe. I mercury guess. pipe, yeah. <laughs> That'd be impressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's so liquidy. Well, I, you know, if it was an ice, if we're going into an ice age, you go. Into yeah, it might be solid. Yeah. What's the freezing point of mercury? That's that's a good point because it is at uh, it is liquid at standard temperature and pressure, but uh, the freezing point of mercury is negative thirty eight degrees, which is pretty chilly. Good gracious, that that's... is also negative thirty nine. Is right where uh, Fahrenheit and Celsius Celsius meet. Nice. Yeah, so is thirty eight. 38 Fahrenheit is 38.8 Celsius. Well, there you have it. All the facts you didn't need, you didn't know you needed to know about mercury. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, it's it's no bueno. Very, very not good for pregnant women, too. It passes that placental boundary and uh, is bad, bad for the fetus. You can only eat tuna once a month. If, if you know, that, uh, we didn't, we also, there's one more, uh, volcanic eruption that we didn't talk about, uh, oh. that could have contributed to all this madness at the end of the, the Devonian. And that's the Serbian caldera, which was active in the late Devonian period. Uh, and it was thought to have had a super eruption occur about 374 million years ago. Huh. So this is found in uh, Victoria, Australia. Hmm. Huh. So fun stuff, but it's like, what's going on? Because originally the other volcanic stuff we were talking about, the uh, uh, Villoy uh, traps, that covers a million cubic kilometers. Jeez Louise. It's a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> too much yeah there's there's a lot uh it it has an area of 320 square kilometers um but it's got some volume to it yeah yeah and so the devonian is is the age of the fish oh fun fact about uh after the um (laughs) Uh, after the the Hangenberg event, sharks became much smaller, huh. and sharks were only about a meter long. It took about forty million years to get bigger again. Well, they didn't have to fight off placoderms anymore. Yeah, right. They didn't have to fight some super armored Tankfish. thirty foot beast. <laughs> should we should we talk about? what the big winner was or what happened here, or should we save that for a separate episode with uh, the tetrapods? Oh, well, I think you just answered it. Yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Tetrapods starting to uh, what? Dance venture onto land. Yeah. Tetrapods are like, um, they evolve in the early Devonian, but they really make their move. They really just go for it um, in the late Devonian. Because so you're probably like, I can't breathe down here. What is this? 
This is ridiculous. My, I don't my gills, they're lungs now. What? No, I, I think they they start swimming in those shallows and start seeing those plants and like, oh, I want to eat that. Yeah, that but it's out, but it's out of my water. So I'm just gonna keep doing this. And then eventually you get these guys that can evolve to figure out how to do both. Yeah. And then yeah. wasn't it uh potentially also caused by these these uh, animals just figuring out like oh there's these little tidal pools here and if I can just figure out how to jump out of the water into this other tidal pool I can lay my eggs there and uh, nobody's going to mess with me yep part of that's that too and then wasn't there also like giant like six foot scorpions and stuff like that that uh, started coming on land and horrifying I don't I do know about wanna... that yeah that I sounds... think that was later but that's, yeah that's the earth directed by Wes Craven yeah yeah uh, <laughs> That was in um, Journey to the Center of the Earth, I think. But, but I um, so tetrapods, you know, <clears throat> they're like fish with feet, essentially. And so they're like this cross between a fish and a reptile almost. But they're, they're thought to be related to bony fish today that are alive today that are um, <clears throat> like a gar. If you're familiar with a gar. I'm familiar with guar, but no. Yeah. Agar are the, the, those fish that have really long, like alligator like snouts. So, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So that's what tetrapod. And so we've got some, you know, tetrapod. So you go into um, the, the Devonians, the age of the fish, and then you go into my favorite um, <clears throat> uh, uh, period, which is the Carboniferous. And some jokers. <laughs> Why is it your favorite? because <laughs> it's it's the age of amphibians <laughs> uh, no um but some people refer to it not many people but some folks would would call call it the age of amphibians because you go from fish dominating sort of the world but then they all die off at the end of the devonian and some of the big winners you always have winners with an extinction event because Whoever is left behind fills the gap, fills that vacuum, you know. And so the sort of the big winner were well, sharks sort of take over here at the end of the Devonian. They survive. But <clears throat> these tetrapods, which then, you know, you, you have an amphibians that evolve as well. And you think about like the KT you know, the dinosaurs or the non-avian dinosaurs die off. Who's the big winner? Well, eventually it's the mammals. And here we are. Yeah, man. So take that dinosaurs. That's, that's evolutionarily equivalent to me punching a T-Rex. That's, <laughs> that's, I don't see any other way around it. I would never, I would never punch a T-Rex. For a number of reasons. Hey, you're uh, more of a pacifist. I am. I, I don't think you'd live very long if you tried to do that. I, I'd like to see. Do you, what's the, the extension on a T-Rex? You ever see those arms? Yeah, right? It doesn't matter. What's the extension on the mouth? All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I seen that uh, that scene in Jurassic Park where that guy runs to the bathroom when the T-Rex <laughs> is running around, right? No, that's totally me. Yeah. Although, if I was holding uh, a plachyderm under my arm. Yeah, right? Yeah, then I got a fighting chance. 
Got this big jaw coming out the T-Rex. Uh, by the way, back to the scorpions. Uh, they found uh, scorpions living uh, during the Devonian. And uh, oh. they found some uh, fossils of their pincers and their stingers, actually. Uh, it looks like legit scorpions. It looks like modern scorpions. It's crazy. Uh, so these are 360 million year old scorpions during the Devonian period. And at present, uh, it's called the Gond Gondwana Scorpio. Uh, this scorpion is the oldest known land dwelling animal from Gondwana. Nice. Still alive. Um, I don't know about still alive, but uh, <laughs> there's also some scorpions. Uh, there's some stuff going on about, wow, during the Silurian. Uh, 416 huh. million years ago, uh, the scorpions were, they were doing, they're up to some, uh, shenanigans too on, uh, Laurasia. Aren't they all, I mean, all the spiders too, spiders were doing their thing. Wow. All of these mass extinctions and we couldn't do away with scorpions. Yeah. They are just persistent little buggers, aren't they? Just. Yeah. All right. Well, I think on that note, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, if you see a scorpion today, just uh, <laughs> tip, tip, tap, yeah, tip, tip your, your hat. hat. To the, You're like, yeah, to the scorpion. Good like, day to you, sir. Good job. <laughs> Been a good, good 300 job. million years for you. <laughs> um, so well, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Geology Flannel Cast this week. Uh, you know, you can check us out on all the social media stuff. If you really like the podcast, you can uh, check out our Patreon page. Uh, patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. Uh, there's different ways you can help with the podcast there. There's geology flannelcast.com. You got some merch there. Go get yourself a flannel cast coffee mug. Your coffee's going to taste amazing in the morning. Trust me on this one. Uh, listen, and you know, if, if you don't have a couple extra bucks, just tell a friend, tell some friends, uh, tell, tell some of your rich friends, you know, <laughs> really, <laughs> really spread the word to them. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and if you know, Elon Musk, tell him. Yeah. Right? tell elon there's this really cool geology podcast out there and yeah all that fun stuff so uh all right guys thanks so much for hanging out uh jesse what song you taking us out with oh well steve already sang it i think we're gonna have to go with the homemade by our friend jesse yes singing for us on the way out here steve yeah yeah devonian <laughs> thanks Josh. yeah all yeah. right thanks everyone we'll catch you guys next week with another exciting episode of the premier geology podcast on the internet the geology final cast mm. see ya bye thanks for stopping by